The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, it's Mariana, and welcome back to the Life with Mariana podcast. In this episode, I'm joined by Trinity Muzan Wofford. She is the co founder and CEO of Gold, it's a Brooklyn born health and beauty brand powered by Superfoods. Gold creates products ranging from latte blends to superfood masks that look good, taste good, and help you feel like your best self. Trinity shares how they started their business self-funded and eventually raised money in a really thoughtful way and advice for aspiring entrepreneurs. If you're loving my podcast, be sure to subscribe because I have new episodes every Tuesday. And if you're loving it, leave me a rating and review. Now let's hear from Trinity. So Trinity, I want to know why and what made you want to start a wellness company? Well, you know, it's funny. I, I feel like the journey has been a long time coming for me. It goes back to growing up um, in upstate New York, where I actually am now also. But, you know, I was raised by a single parent with a pretty severe autoimmune disease. And when I was a teenager, my mom switched over to seeing this more holistically minded doctor. And, you know, long story short, she saw this incredible improvement in her symptoms. It was really like night and day. And I had always been kind of like, I'd seen a lot of wellness growing up because I was kind of raised by one of those like crunchy families. Like my grandmother had me on like almond butter before that was really a thing and all that. But I think this was really the first moment that I truly understood the power of holistic health and and how much it could really make a difference in someone's life. So that was sort of a pivotal moment for me. I decided that this was going to be my career path. You know, I I went down to NYU for college and I was pre-med there and all was well until I found out from my mom that she had to stop seeing that doctor because she just couldn't afford it anymore, which really forced me to pause and consider what exactly it was that I wanted to do in wellness and, and how accessibility played into it. So I think those were really sort of the defining experiences early on in my life that made wellness and self-care, but also accessibility and inclusivity really top of mind for me. And I think that was sort of the spark for gold. I love the brand and the story that you tell. And for people that don't know, how is wellness tied to really like functional health? Because, you know, living in LA, I have more access to it. So it's like, I hear (laughs) it here, but I think in other cities, people don't realize like the foods you eat, the things you put into your body, then Mm -hmm. that can flare up eczema or anxiety or these other issues that you have in your body. So how do you think about wellness holistically and like what you put into your body can affect all of those other things? Yeah. So, I mean, wellness to me is really a a broad consideration of just like how you're feeling and that's, you know, how are you doing emotionally? How are you doing physically? And it's, you know, it's your immune system. It's, you know, it's your diet. It's, it's, um, you know, your, your self-care rituals and they all really come together. And the thing that I, I think is just really important to remember is that yes, a big part of it is eating your vegetables. (laughs) You like, you can't get around that, but a big other piece of it is just paying attention to when you feel at your best and leaning into those practices. And that could be something as simple as like, for me, I like writing to-do lists all the time to make sure I stay organized. So I don't get stressed out with work or like going for a, a walk and calling your mom, you know, like, I think that it's mind body, but that body piece is, is really critical. And one thing that, that factors into that, that I've really been passionate about and that led to the, the launch of gold was superfoods. And this idea that there are certain 
things that you can put into and onto your body that can really give you that boost. Because in today's crazy life, you know, we're not living as naturally as we were, like, you know, even a hundred years ago, say. And so being able to find these opportunities to boost your system can be really, really impactful and also just a really fun ritual of, of self-care. And I love what you've done with your brand because it does make wellness more approachable. And I love the branding and the colors. They're so fun. But that's <laughs> where you. you are now in your career. But what was the first job you had out of college? Because it's not where you start, it's where you finish. And I think a lot of people <laughs> think like when I graduate from college, I have to have my dream job and like start my dream company. But oh my gosh, there's so many steps to get to that point first. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I had a funny situation in that, like, you know, all through college, I was pre-med, I was planning on going to med school. And then all of a sudden I wasn't. And so I graduated with a psych degree and like no idea what to do with it. And so I kind of fell into a marketing career. I heard that startups were like the fun place to go work. And so I ended up getting a job at this tech startup in New York. And it was, my official title was like customer development, which basically is sales, like cold calling people. And I was terrible at it. Like, <laughs> I was just reminiscing on this with someone else actually earlier today. But like, I remember, you know, sitting in the like conference room with my boss and like, he put me on like my first sales call and was like, just go for it. And it was awful. I was like, my voice was shaky. And like, I was just like, so nervous trying to like sell someone on, on this software. And like within, within 30 days of me starting there, they transitioned me over to marketing. And I, I remember my boss just like pulling me aside and being like, what do you want to do here? And I was 22 years old at the time. So my answer was, I don't know. And they happened to put me in marketing and I just loved it. And I think they knew more about where my skill set was and what I was excited about than like I even could know at that time. So Yes. For anyone who is like getting ready to like start their post-college career, it's a journey. Like, I mean, life is a journey in general. I feel like that's a whole other podcast, Mariana, but like, <laughs> like we, it, it wasn't entirely linear for me. Do you think you needed to go to college to get where you are today? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know that like college itself, like I don't know that the classes taught me something that I couldn't have learned anywhere else, but I do think that it's a really incredible opportunity to meet the right people and build a network and just kind of give yourself a few years to like figure out how to be like something close to an adult. Um, like yes. I, 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 you know what I mean? Like, I don't know that, like I didn't major in business. So I don't think that my college career was, was critical to that. But I do think that it really helped me to build on critical thinking. And I think, you know, it just helped me to open my mind. Like I was coming from a small city in upstate New York where the career paths, like if you were smart, were like, you know, doctor, lawyer, engineer, there was no mention of entrepreneurship. So coming down to NYU and seeing like this breadth of, you know, different people who were, you know, my, my classmates or folks in the, in the city who were, you know, living their dream. I think it really expanded my mindset. Taking a break to tell you about one of the sponsors who made this podcast possible. I'm always reaching for a snack or some sort of extra caffeine to help me get through the day. 
And I kept seeing so many of my friends post about Verb and their really cute packaging and flavors got me really excited to try. Usually when it gets midday, I hit this afternoon slump and I need a little bit of energy without having to drink more coffee. So this is the perfect time to grab a Verb bar. They have delicious flavors like cookie butter, double chocolate, salted peanut butter, peppermint mocha. Don't those just sound so yummy? The cookie butter and vanilla latte are my favorites. These are really perfect to keep in your bag or next to your desk whenever you need to eat and you need to power through the day. They are also a 90-calorie snack bar that are gluten-free, plant-based, and have as much caffeine as an espresso. You'll get smooth, long-lasting energy from green tea, so that's energy without the jitters. We've worked out a special deal for the Life with Mariana podcast listeners. Receive over 50% off their best-selling starter kit, and this is a great way to try any of their delicious flavors. Go to verbenergy.com slash life or use my code life at checkout to claim this deal. That's V-E-R-B-E-N-E-R-G-Y.com slash life, L-I-F-E. And this discount is only valid for their starter kit. Now let's get back to the episode. And when you were working at that job, that's when you started also working on your brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. so <laughs> I was still at my full-time job. And I just knew that I wanted to do something entrepreneurial. I knew that I wanted to spend more time with my partner. I wanted to do something creative. And so we started working on it. Yeah, definitely. When we were still at our full-time jobs. And I think it must have been at least a year of just working on it before it ever even launched. And how did you manage having a full-time job and a career and starting a company all at the same time? Because there are sacrifices that have to be made when you're trying to do both. (laughs) I remember some of my friends were kind of annoyed with us at a certain point because we were like, we can't hang out. We're working on our superfood business. And they were like, what are you saying? (laughs) Like, you're going to like show up on Instagram and sell superfood powders? Like they totally didn't get it. And I feel like there were like some some hurt feelings at times when we were like, I'm sorry, we just, we're busy. We, you know, we can't hang out this weekend. So there are always sacrifices. In the end, you know, people come around, they get it, they understand it. And I think they really respect you for making those sacrifices. But I think it's definitely fair to assume that like in the early days, you're going to get a couple of raised eyebrows. And for the people that just have a hard time starting, because I feel like the beginning phases are just, you know, taking that leap of faith is really difficult. What advice do you have to give for aspiring entrepreneurs who just don't even know where to start? I think that one of the things that doesn't get said enough is that there's no rush. And I think there's like, there's so much culture right now pushing around entrepreneurship and like launch your business and like be like the youngest person to do this and do that. And, you know, check all these boxes off of accomplishment as if like, we all need to like do everything that we could ever hope and dream of by the time we're 40. And I think that's, it's unfair. It's unrealistic. Like, I think that if you feel ready to launch something, then do it. And you'll know because it will just be like bubbling up inside of you and you won't be able to keep it out. Like you'll just have to get it out there. But if you're still thinking about it and, and you know, you're still figuring it out, I think that's okay. Like I don't, I think that like oftentimes we have this sense that we need to get out there ASAP because otherwise someone else is going to like steal the idea and like do it first. But business is like 1% idea and 99% execution. So even if someone does come up with your idea and launches it before you, 
you will still have the same opportunity to get out there and do it the way that you were going to do it. And they were going to launch anyways, and you were going to have to find your, your space with them. So I think there's something to be said for not rushing and not creating unnecessary stress around these like timelines that are completely arbitrary that mm-hmm. like we all set for ourselves. I have a friend who's working on a brand and she's meant to be, had launched like for months now and she's so stressed. Like, I really want it out. And I'm like, for what? I'm like, it's a direct to consumer brand. You don't have any retail orders. There is literally no rush in launching. Launch when it's ready. Don't launch prematurely and then not be prepared for what might come because you only get one chance to launch. And if you upset your first few customers, Mm -hmm. that could be worse than just waiting a few months down the line. And nobody even knows the brand is coming anyway. So it's not like you're disappointing people. But I love that because I think on social, you do see like 30 under 30 and next mm-hmm. 20 and 20s. And I remember like, even when we launched Summer Fridays, I was over my 30s and I was like, well, I guess we'll never be in any of the right. 30 under 30 lists. And I'm like, that's not a bad thing that we didn't right. make this list and that we started this, which we're still young. So it's like, we're mm-hmm. still early in our careers, but I, I see these lists and I, I remember seeing a meme, something like, let's find like the next like 50 over 50 because there are yes. amazing people doing great things. And I think Shark Tank is so inspiring to me when I see like a grandma come on and she mm-hmm. retired and came up with a great idea. So I love and love that. I think that's great advice. Question about manufacturing. So at the beginning, how did you even figure out how to work on the products, suppliers, manufacturers? Mm-hmm. Because not coming from that background, it's kind of just like a guessing game. It's such a guessing game. And it's such a system of like, learn, make a mistake, learn again, make a mistake. Like it's, it's a funny, it was, I didn't really prepare myself for that part of the business. And I think a lot of people get kind of, this was me, like you get fixated on the brand and like how you're going to tell a story and how you're going to sell it. But like how you're going to make it is the hardest thing. And it's always hard because there's always just another challenge as you're launching a new SKU or you're scaling up into like the next level of demand and you need to like completely like scale up that supply chain. But so when we first started, it was just myself and my partner and we were doing everything, everything ourselves, even the manufacturing. So we were manufacturing the product by hand. We just had like one turmeric latte blend that we were mixing up. We would like, you know, source all the ingredients, mix it up, pack it into the bags and just sell, sell them, you know, and, and ship them out ourselves. It was like the humblest beginnings. (laughs) I think it's, it's important though, at the beginning to learn how to do everything, because as you're hiring people, you have a sense of what people's jobs and responsibilities are. Mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of people now are starting companies with a parent company or somebody else, and they're not really truly learning the ins and outs of the business. Like with us too, we, it was just us. And then we hired one person. And then a few months later, we hired another person. And now, you know, we hire people that are smarter than us that know better than us. But Mm -hmm. I think we learned so much at the beginning. And now when we're speaking with our teams, we actually have some sort of an idea of of what's going on. But at the beginning, it was us cold calling places and (laughs) not even really understanding minimum order quantities and those kind of agreements. So when people are looking to work with suppliers or manufacturers at the beginning, is there anything they should keep an eye out for of things to avoid or not agree to? Yeah. I mean, I think that you definitely need a good lawyer who can look over any contracts. If there are like contracts that need to be signed, like don't sign anything without just like 
giving it a very thorough read, ideally from a professional. Outside of that, I mean, it was interesting for us because finding a manufacturing partner, we are sort of between categories. Like, is it food co-packing? Is it beauty? Is it supplements? And so we had to really take time to find the right types of manufacturers who knew how to use our specific ingredients. So I think really being thoughtful about like what exactly your product is and like whether or not these guys are the experts. I think also just make sure that you're like doing in-person visits and like really like digging a little deeper because I have heard some crazy stories about people working with manufacturers that like they're not even actually manufacturing the product in the end. They're just like um, sending it out to like some other facility and like you don't even know they're doing that. So really making sure that like you're working with someone who's reputable and that like you can trust them to, to do the right thing. Let's take a break for a moment for something that makes my life so much easier because sometimes I just don't have the time or energy to cook, especially something healthy. You guys know I have a really busy lifestyle between work and exercising and just running all my errands. So I want to actually eat healthy and not always order takeout all the time. So that definitely changed for me once I found Daily Harvest. Daily Harvest delivers delicious food all built on organic fruits and vegetables right to your door. It literally takes minutes to prepare and I never have to think twice if the food I'm eating is good for me. Daily Harvest is ready when you are and everything stays fresh in your freezer until you're really ready to enjoy it. So you waste less food too, which is amazing. No need to overthink if any of your meals are ready for the week because they have smoothies for breakfast, crisp flatbreads for lunch and dinner, and food that's perfect for cooler weather like their perfectly roasted harvest bowls and soups. Yum. Daily Harvest never uses preservatives like added sugar or artificial anything including their recently launched almond milk, which is made of only almonds and a dash of sea salt. That's it. This is super convenient because I'm always stocked up whenever I need almond milk for my smoothies. So get started today. Go to dailyharvest.com and enter the promo code LIFEWITHM to get $25 off your first box. That's promo code LIFEWITHM, L-I-F-E-W-I-T-H-M for $25 off your first box at dailyharvest.com. Now let's get back to the episode. Okay. When you started Gold, I have to ask, did you have a business plan? Did you know what you wanted the brand to become? No, no to both questions. We didn't have a business plan. I don't think we ever ended up having a business plan. Like eventually we just like built a model because we knew that we needed to have like numbers, but we did not have any numbers in the beginning. We just knew how much it costs us to make the product and how much we were going to sell it for and like how much the profit should be. But like there was nothing fancy going on. And our whole goal for the business, and I feel like people don't believe me when I say this, but it was just myself and my partner. And all we wanted to do was spend more time working together, work on something creative and be able to like pay our rent. I can remember thinking to myself, man, if we could just be able to pull like $3,000 a month out of this business, wouldn't that be crazy? Like <laughs> that was my whole idea. That's amazing. Like, just, like, paying rent and like, you know, having, you know, a little bit of freedom to live. And, you know, in the end, the business kind of exploded. I I think we hit on something and we realized that it was so much more than, you know, like kind of a lifestyle business that, you know, we were going to kind of operate for, you know, a few hours a week. And, you know, before we knew it, it was taking up like every waking hour. But yeah, I mean, we, we did not 
we did not have expectations of this. And from then launching the brand in 2017 to now, obviously Mm -hmm. your days and your team is different. What does your days look like now? And what does it mean to you to be a CEO? Mm -hmm. So my days right now are, um, I try to sort of alternate the format of my days. So Tuesdays and Thursdays are and Fridays really, but Tuesday, Thursday are really my like meeting days where I'll cram in like a lot of meetings and like bang those out. And I found that keeping those as meeting days and then trying to keep Mondays and Wednesdays relatively clear allows me to have time to like actually get quiet work done. Because I found that like the task switching from like going from a meeting to like trying to be in a spreadsheet is like impossible for me and very inefficient. So I like to have really solid blocks of time where it's just my time to like work quietly on something or like maybe partner up with Issei on something. Um, and then like other days where I'm having meetings and Fridays right now are kind of funny because that's when we do touch bases with everyone on the team and the team is, it's grown. We're eight people now, but it's still small enough that I need to talk to every single person on the team once a week. So now my Fridays have gotten a little bit ridiculous, just like back to back one-on-ones. But I feel like that leads into your other question, Mariana, about like what it means to be a CEO. What I have been most delighted by in this experience is the process of building and nurturing a team. I think I have a lot of like internal mom vibes and I just (laughs) love, love, (laughs) like I was an RA in college. Like I was that person. Like I, I love the opportunity to bring on the right sharp person and, you know, see their potential and like help them to grow into an awesome role at the company and really build their own sort of like entrepreneurial space within gold, you know, really taking ownership of the brand and and believing wholeheartedly in the mission and seeing that level of dedication has been so humbling. It was so not what I was expecting, um, you know, from starting this business. And it's become one of my absolute favorite things. I love that. And Issei is your partner in life and also your partner in business. (laughs) How did the two of you split the responsibilities in work? So it's kind of natural, I think, in that Issei has, I think Issei has a really great business sensibility. He's very wise there. And that's partly because he comes from like a background in old school family business. Um, His parents have a candle pouring factory that they literally started out of their garage, like maybe 25 years ago. So Issei grew up in that and just like knows what it means to grow and scale a business and like what all the learnings are. And so I think that he often brings like a wisdom to like big decision-making that it has taken me four years to get like even close to him on just as far as like gut instinct on things, who we need on the team, how we want to think about retail, how we want to think about how quickly we should be growing the business. But then he's also a natural creative. So all of the packaging design and the product photography, that's all him. And then on my end, I think that I am definitely the communicator. So I would say that I 
lead a lot of the sort of like team communications. I do the investor pitching. I do the fun stuff like we use podcasts. You know, I think that I end up doing a lot of the the communication and like the execution. So it's not like as cut and dry as like, okay, Issei's creative and Trinity's like CEO. I think we really make almost all of the big decisions together. But the way that our brains work, I think it like works really nicely, just like kind of what we're bringing to the table on like making those decisions. Let's pause for a moment to talk about wellness. Are you trying to figure out which vitamins to take each day, but you're not really sure where to start? Well, then Care Of is perfect for you. The first time I ordered Care Of was in 2017 because I had no idea where to start or what to take, but I knew I wanted to take making vitamins a part of my daily routine. Care Of's in-depth online quiz asks you questions about your diet, lifestyle, and health concerns to help you address your specific wellness goals. And their holistic online quiz is like getting a one-on-one consultation with a nutritionist without even leaving your house, so you can really get that personalized, tailored approach to your unique health needs. You can follow their expert recommendations or just adjust your pack at any time because what you get is totally up to you and you're getting really high quality products meets personalization. And all of Caro's products are formulated with good for you, clean ingredients that are backed by science. So as the seasons change, we want to focus on refreshing everything from small daily routines to your lifestyle and health goals because bettering yourself isn't just for January and New Year's resolutions. There are also small impactful ways to be more sustainable every day. Switching from bulky bottles to Care-of's compostable vitamin packs are a simple way to practice a more eco-friendly mindset at home or on the go. So if you want to try Care-of, get 50% off your first order at takecareof.com and enter code MARIANA50. Again, that's MARIANA50 for 50% off your first Care-of order at takecareof.com. Now let's get back to the episode. You just spoke about like fundraising. What was the process like for you of starting the brand? Did you mm-hmm. Were you self-funded at the beginning? Yeah, we were totally self-funded for the first three years. We didn't know anything about investors. And so we just started and, and, you know, then a year in or so people started to reach out to us and saying, Hey, you know, have you ever raised money? You know, can, can I invest in the business? And so we started having those conversations and we just felt like we didn't need that at that moment. I, I, I felt very much that the brand was in its infancy and I was still very early on in my own career as a founder. And I wanted more time to understand what we were building and how we were doing it. And so we didn't end up raising money until we raised like a super teensy, teensy, tiny, like friends and family round in early 2020. And then it wasn't until now, basically, that we're like probably raising like a little bit of a larger round, but we've kept it really, really tight and just been very focused on, you know, only bringing in like folks onto the cap table that we're really excited to have around. And then if people don't know, first of all, you are a CEO of a company You are building your company externally selling products. You're building your (laughs) business and brand internally with your team. And you're raising money all at the same time, which each of those things alone is like full-time dedication to that. And so I think people don't realize because they don't see you. You're not posting every day, like meeting with an investor today. Like that's not what people see, but that's, it's a very tedious and time-consuming process. And Mm -hmm. 
In the process of raising money or even going to retail, do you find or have you found that people didn't take you seriously because of your age? Yes. I feel like people don't take me seriously because of my age. They don't take me seriously because of my race. They don't take take me seriously because of my gender. I feel like I have like a triple threat on that. But no, I, I think it's 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 tough to, to get out there. And oftentimes you're talking to investors who have never run a business before. And so they can only kind of crunch the numbers through the lens that, you know, they're looking at. And sometimes like you just don't have that alignment. And so it's, it's interesting. I've learned to be very quick to pick up on anything like that. And if I feel like the direction that an investor is like pushing me in ideologically doesn't line up, then, hey, it's not a fit. No harm, no foul. Usually like they end up passing and I don't have to like (laughs) excuse myself from the conversation. But I think it's important to not just be excited because someone wants to give you money because they're not giving you money. They're, They're exchanging capital for a meaningful stake in your business and sometimes a board seat, you know, like I I think sometimes like that, like power dynamic gets a little bit flipped. And I I think it's important to remember that as an entrepreneur, you have the business and you have the opportunity for them and it needs to be mutual. Yeah. And I think for people that don't know, uh, an investment is not a gift. It's not free money. Mm -hmm. You have to, you're selling them a portion of your company at this amount, and then you owe them that money back at least, if not times a multiple or something on top of that. So it's really essentially a loan. And then at some point in time, you have to give them this chunk of money back. And it's also like a marriage. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So you have to like really want to, you know, be legally bound to this person. But if you're going through these processes of raising money, running a business, going to retail, what do you do to feel more confident if you don't feel like you're experienced yet in a certain area? I think that I got a lot better with experience. I don't know how many investor pitches I've done at this point, but it's got to be like in the hundreds. And I think at a certain point, you just know how to tell your story. And I think you just get more confident in who you are and who you're not, right? I mean, it's kind of, it's the same thing as like growing up and, you know, you're like a teenager in high school and you're trying to fit in and, and you know you're wondering well should i should i say this should i be like that i think you go through the same phase or at least i did in my business of you know an investor tells you that like you should be the next blah 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 and you're like oh my gosh maybe i should maybe i should you know, scrap everything and i think like with experience you just get a little bit more certain of yourself but in the meantime the power pose works do you do you do the power pose like before no i don't know what this call? is <laughs> Okay. So you stand up and you, I think there are a few different power poses. So I don't know, like maybe people who are listening are going to tell me I'm saying this wrong, but like you like stand with like your hands on your hips and you kind of just like take up space. And I've seen like AOC do it. And I've like heard about it before just in general, but like literally just checking your posture and making sure that you're not hunched over. You're not making yourself smaller, that you're really there with confidence. And this is so much easier now that we're doing everything virtually because no one has to like see you do this in the hallway. Just having a moment to like pump yourself up and make sure that your body language, even if the other person's on a phone call and they can't see it, they will hear it. 
So making sure that your body language is representing like how you want to come off in that meeting. Lauren, my partner, I guess her power pose would be like a pair of heels. And even if we're at home on Zoom, she'll put on jeans and a pair of heels just because for her, it makes her (laughs) feel more confident and more powerful in Mm -hmm. whoever we have to speak to. So whatever that power pose is, you like figure out the thing that makes you feel more confident, even if it's virtually, which I am really bad at because I'm just like in yoga pants all day. (laughs) <laughs> I don't feel like a top on, but I'm like comfortable in my house, but I need to like incorporate some of these things. So I think a lot of people see people on Instagram, on social and impress, and they aspire to be a founder or start their own company, mm-hmm. but it's not as glamorous as it looks online. So what are some of the misconceptions you think there are about having your own company or being a brand founder? I think one of the biggest misconceptions is that things happen quickly because it always looks like they happen quickly. And I don't know. I mean, I think there are always exceptions to the rule, but it's often said that like it takes five years to really build a business that has momentum and staying power and that like consumers really like deeply understand, you know, like what the brand is all about. And we're in year four right now. And I I do feel that that's true. And we didn't start paying ourselves. I mean, we didn't raise money. So I mean, that was partly a big, big chunk of the reason, but we didn't start paying ourselves until last year. And I was, I was telling an entrepreneur this earlier this week, she's like getting ready to launch. And she was wondering like, you know, how long does it take to pay herself? And I think when I said like, yeah, we like, we just started paying ourselves. I think she was horrified, but it does, it does just take a really long time to hit the milestones that seem to happen instantly when you're looking, you know, out like through Instagram at like what seems to be happening. So I think just like having patience is really, really critical. I think the paying yourself part is important to share because I think people assume like, oh, you start a company, you're instantly rich. And that's definitely not the case (laughs) with, with each, you know, incoming money, you're placing more purchase orders, you're hiring Mm -hmm. maybe one more person to help grow the business. So there's other better uses for those funds than paying yourself at the beginning. And so for a while, like your employees are making more money than you are for sure, which is like, I think such a misconception of starting a brand. So it definitely takes some time, especially even to become profitable, takes a little bit of time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So something exciting that recently happened for your brand is you launched at Target. Yes. (laughs) Which is, I feel like Target is just truly the best place. I cannot go in. I am the meme that like I walked in for toothbrush and walked out with like a TV because I will (laughs) like throw everything in my cart, stuff that I don't even need. So what was it like for you to see your products on shelf for the first time? Oh my God. It was so magical. We did Target's uh, accelerator program in 2020 pre COVID. So we, you know, flew out to Minneapolis and and spent time with the team there. And we were really excited about the like potential to, to launch with them. But I think we were still figuring out if it made sense, what the timing would look like, what kind of products would sit on the shelf. And, you know, having the experience in accelerator was really critical because it helped us to answer a lot of those questions. And then you know, through that point, it wasn't until, you know, a year after that, that we finally launched on, on shelf at Target. And I think I, yeah, I shrieked in the Target when I went in and saw that it was finally on the shelf and the girl who was restocking was like, okay, crazy. But I was like so excited and 
it's just magical. It's, it's magical to think about how far we've come and um, in what feels like so little time. I'm just very excited about how this partnership takes our opportunity and our mission to make wellness more accessible to the next level because now we can truly be discovered by like almost anyone. So it's, it's very exciting. That's definitely what Target does for people is making things accessible because they're, they're any and everywhere. They are just the best. And I think even if yes. you're not looking for wellness specifically, you might be there buying toilet paper or something and then yeah. you're going to end up in the aisle <laughs> and pick up something. But I feel like when you go into retail, especially when you go into somewhere as large as Target, you have to be ready. So for a new brand who has hopes of going into a large retailer, what advice would you give them about really being prepared and presenting to a retail account? Like not too prematurely. Yeah, I think that is the best part of that question. Mariana is like not too prematurely because there is really such a thing as going into retail too early. Um, And I think that it can be very exciting these days when like retailers reach out to you and they want to have you on the shelf. But at this point, we are still very, very, very selective about who we say yes to. When it comes to big retailers, we say no a lot more than we say yes. And it's not because like that retailer is bad or we don't want to work with them, but it's just really about making sure that like we are ready that the retailer is ready and also that their customer is ready. So I think, you know, really understanding and taking the time to understand, you know, how have products in your category performed at this retailer? What are their expectations for you? Also, what are they going to do for you? Um, I, I think, you know, you have to be able to think about if you're a small business, how this retailer is going to lean into that and, and like lend you a little bit of support because you're not going to have the like level of visibility as like some of the big players. To that point though, I think empathizing with the buyer and, and the retailer in general and understanding like why are they thinking about bringing you in and like how can you really help them hit their goals? So, you know, for us, like, okay, like a retailer wants to bring in gold because they want to lean into the wellness beauty story and they want to tell a story of like, you know, a a young black owned business. And so we're really thoughtful about like how we can help our retail partners lean into that and and tell that story and, and get their customer excited about that also. And you are Trinity, the brand founder, but you're also your own individual person outside of work <laughs> and you have your your own identity. And I feel like it might be difficult because your partner in work is also your partner in life. But how yes. do you separate work-life balance and, you know, have your own identity? Because it's, it's something I struggle with too, is like, I am not just this person you see online. I am also a real life yeah. person and I have all <laughs> these things that don't involve work in the internet. I think that you have to set a hard boundary. And so I try to keep myself off of my phone as much as possible. And I say that as like, I have noticed that my hand is like literally inflamed from scrolling too much. Like I've noticed that it like keeps getting warm at the end of the day, like from like scrolling on my phone and like being on my laptop all day. So I feel like I still have a lot of work to do. But that being said, I first thing in the morning, I'm not on my phone. I'm like not checking it. You know, that's like a a transition that I've made away from like immediately going on my email. I'll try to just like read a book for 30 minutes or go for a walk, make a smoothie, just like take some time 
between like the moment that you open your eyes and the moment that you start working. And same thing at night, especially I pretty much shut down all work stuff after dinner. And like, I don't even have my phone on me. So like, even if you just text me, like as a friend, like I won't see it at like 9 PM, like I will text you tomorrow. I think it's important to find those opportunities to unplug and really, really honor them because the internet is kind of the challenge in that, yes, it's a place to like watch funny videos and like connect with friends, but it's also where we all work now. So I find that like the best thing for me to do is just limit my screen time and thus like keep the work stuff away for a bit. Because honestly, I mean, give or take like some really, really rare situation. Like what is the emergency that's happening at like 10 PM that cannot wait until the morning? I think just like having a little bit of humility for like yourself and your business and like recognizing that like, you know, like it's important, but you're not saving the world. Like it'll all be fine tomorrow. And like giving yourself that space to acknowledge that like you can take some time for yourself. Yeah. I think it's so important. And obviously having a wellness company, I feel like you especially know how important that is to have the balance. And also Mm -hmm. you just launched new, um, super aids. So when do you drink these? Do you have them morning? Do you have them night? Is there a certain one you like AM or PM? Oh, I love these products so much. Do you ever just like launch a new product and it's like, it's like, it's your child and you just want to talk about it all the time and show it to people. (laughs) I'm so proud of these. So we launched three new products, the super aids. They're all powders that dissolve straight into cold water with really yummy fruity flavors, but boosted with like real active ingredients. So we have the, the pineapple deep bloat aid, which has probiotics and digestive enzymes. We have um, watermelon skin hydration with hyaluronic acid. And there is the blueberry de-stress with magnesium and lemon balm. The de-stress aid is what I find myself reaching for the most, perhaps unsurprisingly, but it really works. And I love it like mid-afternoon when I feel like I just need a little bit of a wind down and a chill out because it doesn't make you groggy or drowsy or anything. Um, It just kind of helps you calm down a bit. So I love, love, love that one. And then, I mean, all of them, but also the de-bloat aid is like really effective. So if I ever eat something that like, just like isn't sitting well, and I'm just feeling kind of bloated, I'll do a de-bloat aid. Like, and especially if it's like after dinner, I'll do that. Like before I go to bed and like, it's like, you can feel like your stomach kind of flattening out and just like getting more comfortable. Like really, really works. It's, it's awesome. So I'm very excited about those. Amazing. And where can everybody buy gold? Yes. So, um, at our website, gold.co and now of course at your local target. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. Such great information. Love the brand and everything that you're doing and just wishing you the best of luck. Oh, thank you so much. This was so much fun. Thanks so much for listening and be sure to subscribe to my podcast and rate and review because it would mean so much to me and follow me on Instagram at Mariana underscore Hewitt to see what episodes are coming up next.